With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi. So let's get straight into it. This is the first Newcastle Natter since the Carabao Cup final. We've left it a few days. Uh, we've we've left a few days to stew on it. Uh, not because we've been busy with other things, just purely to stew on it. Dave, how are you feeling? Let's not go into the ins and outs of the game. How I'm all right. Feeling? Do you remember before the game I said I was oscillating between like super positive, well, between super negative and then justifying why we're going to win and then that third bit where it doesn't really matter because of how far we've progressed. I'm now safely in that third bit. It doesn't matter. Like, we'll be back. We'll be better the next time. Ah, good. Good. And at what stage did you arrive at that third bit? Um... Probably an hour after the final whistle. Right. Okay. Paul, how are you feeling? Sort of the same as Dave, but it took me a few days to get there. It, I was quite low about it. Sunday night and all of Monday. That just sort of just felt it was flat rather than it wasn't that thing of, oh, we gave it a really good go and just fell a bit short. It was just like, yeah, that's that's a shame. You had another reason to feel a bit shit on Sunday, didn't you, Paul? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were meant to watch the game together. Are we, we'd made plans. Yes. So. I basically, I abandoned Paul. I let him down in a big, big way. <laughs> I betrayed him. Uh, I, think, I think that's slightly overplaying it. You got on a last Saturday minute. night, for weeks, I've been trying to get hold of a ticket. In a very loose way, basically tweeting, uh, Morphe Richards, do you want to get a ticket? <laughs> Zanussi, hot point, <laughs> smeg. I just always assumed that some corporate would would uh, 
want to capitalize on my wild and enormous fame <laughs> and, uh, and and give me a ticket. It didn't show up Saturday night. Old school friend asked if I was going, mentioned that his younger brother might have a ticket. Never occurred to me to to text his younger brother because his <laughs> younger brother always has a ticket for everything because he's a sort of like wheeler dealer who sells sports stars autographs for a living. How did you not think of that sooner? I know. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't think of it. Like he flew, flew back from Bahrain where he's been selling the shit for the final. Fucking hell. Lives a crazy life. And uh, he, he, uh, there was a possibility that he might have two tickets. So I was letting Paul know that there was a possibility that we could have two tickets. How much would we be prepared to pay? And I think it was about 11 a.m. on Sunday that I said to Paul, there's one ticket and I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. But... Can you imagine that, Dave? Can you imagine the sort of person that would do that? I, I, I quite easily see the kind of self-centered, egotistical, just miserable bastard. That's who would do it. You wouldn't have done that, Dave, would you? No, I like because I've been to finals. I would, I would have happily let a friend, like a good friend, a friend that I can rely on. I would have happily let them go to a final in my place. None of us. I'm just would. a better person. Just we would both, person. Dave, one hundred percent have not gone to that game. No, of course no not. No way would have, would have. I'd have taken the ticket and I'd have burnt it. Yeah, yeah. And I'd have said that is for our friendship, which is yeah. what I was still expecting you to do. It, it, at 429. I was like, he's gonna turn up, he's gonna burn it. <laughs> I would I rather didn't... burn that ticket than the bridges. That's what I would rather do. <laughs> well, I didn't burn the ticket, but I did essentially burn 250 quid because <laughs> <laughs> I watched us lose. I don't regret going. It was uh it was good to be there. I tell you what. No remorse. And I've seen some other people say this, so I'm not... I don't think it's an overly controversial opinion. I was a <laughs> little bit... the most controversial opinion about some sort of George Soros global conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little disappointed by the atmosphere in the Newcastle end. I was was say, do you think that was the Newcastle end or was that Wembley? Because I've seen sort of... Mm. A lot about the acoustics of Wembley generally. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to that, but I, and and basically the the atmosphere, the flags and the flags were there. The flags are very good at creating a, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but like manufacturing an atmosphere. If everyone's wearing yeah. a flag, it looks amazing, mm. and. I think, but I think everyone was very nervous in the in the same way that everyone who wasn't at the ground was. Yeah, I think everyone was very nervous, and there was some singing, but kind of like with nerves with it, like sort of please. <laughs> <laughs> and then it wasn't that what was it wasn't that far into the game that they scored, and then it, from then on. Yeah, basically half, and they they scored mm. 
two goals in six minutes after half an hour. And it was... I think because I watched it in the Geordie Dome in Tufnell Park. Oh, who, where, you, who were you there with? That was with Ross, who's occasionally done this pod before. Yeah, not, not with Fergus, though. No, I was abandoned, no. left for dead, like a, like a pig in a ditch. That's fine. But, uh, but the atmosphere there was amazing. But you can't... The, the air went out so quickly after that first goal. I think, I think because the way our form had gone lately, it was all... I think we were all waiting to see which Newcastle would turn up. And when that happened, it was just like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Especially like having... For people of our age with memories of the 98 and 99 finals and the 2000 semi, you just think, oh, yeah, we we don't win here, do we? It is mm. amazing that we've played in three finals in our lifetimes and we've lost them all 2-0. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that the stark difference between this one and those is that those that... Like, I don't think we played particularly badly. Uh, I think we, I mean, we said like the players certainly were trying and I think that's the big difference. I think, but for them having a really good keeper and us like Newcastle being wasteful and our keeper, like could a top class keeper have made, made the two saves? I mean, maybe, but not really. I think it's just man you on the day were clinical and, I think when it's it possible came... the second goal, it's possible that Pope saves that. It was obviously deflected, but it's possible that Pope yeah. stays a bit bigger. Yeah. But it's like yeah. because the, those goals came in quick succession, it just knocked the window and we've struggled to score one goal. So the thought of us getting two at the minute just seems, certainly against Man U, just seems it wasn't going to happen. I think maybe we, some of us might have been a little bit surprised that St. Maximin started uh, yeah. just because of the, with the way Eddie Howe is. And I guess we all hoped that that would mean that we would have uh, more a- attacking threat than we've had in recent months. But I would say that didn't really materialise, right, Paul? No, I, thought, I don't think... Because I thought it would be a bit of a mistake to start St. Maximin, but I don't think you can really put the blame at him for our performance. Everyone just looked... On either go- I don't think either got... Because the fear was that he were, were defensively weaker mm. with him, but you you wouldn't blame him in any way for either goal. No, I think the problem is we've just... We've got worse at each end of the pitch. We've still got a fairly similar level of intensity players are still looking fairly decent in the middle, but you just think Wilson's dropped off a cliff and just doesn't mm. seem able to score. And that back five just seems a little bit creakier. Dan Burns suddenly looks a bit more exposed. I don't know if that's just teams figuring out our weak points or if it is just a squad that's not been rotated particularly much starting to feel the effects. I, th- I think it's certainly an element of teams figuring us out but also us not having not yet having the kind of depth that a team pushing for the Champions League and in cup finals needs to get them over the line because mm. you know when when they made changes like they swapped um Dalot Dalo um they took him off and brought on Aaron Wambasaka 
And Aaron Wan-Bissaka basically ended the threat down the left down our left-hand side because he's so good man for man. So they were able to make those changes. You remember we in the uh, if you remember in the preview podcast, you said uh, that Wan-Bissaka wouldn't be able to handle uh, Saint Maximum. I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I got that wrong. Um, Sorry, I just I'm the kind of guy. Just no, no. Yeah, we'll get things wrong. I wouldn't have done that, Dave. Out of loyalty. No, I know because you're a good friend. Yeah, you're you're a good friend. Fergus is just a. But anyway, what I just mean that they were able to bring on really good players like Sabitza and and Dalot and and so on. Uh, Bissaka, sorry, and we we had to rely on like Jacob Murphy and Matt Ritchie, and it that we just don't have the the squad depth at the minute, and that's fine because we've only been. This kind, like this, this new level of Newcastle has only existed for like a season and a half. But we don't have the squad depth and the first eleven that uh, got uh, put us on that ama- amazing run. Where and we'll talk about whether we still are realistically realistically competing for it. But we have been for a lot of the season competing for Champions League, and that first eleven mm-hmm. got us to that position. But they're not in form at the moment. I mean, Almiron, Almiron did a Julian Jochim, do you know what I mean, or a Tony Boa. <laughs> he just yeah. like he just out of nowhere became one of Europe's best players and is now no longer anywhere near yeah. that category. You know, it's nice to know he's got him it it it, 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 it in him, but it's uh, the the right side of. Uh, We'll, we'll we'll still be looking for a right-sided attacking player in the summer, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. but we've also got Gordon and Isaac who can play there. So I think yeah. I think we'll probably see Miggy rotated soon because it's. Yes. But I, I saw something on, on I think it was on Twitter where it was before the World Cup we were overperforming our expected goals uh, by some margin, and now we are by this uh, almost by the same difference underperforming. So, just for ease, say that we were scoring like 15 where you'd expect us to score 10. Now we're only scoring five. And I think that's part of it is the amount of changes we've had in the side, like losing Bruno, Wilson's been in and out of the side, Isaac's been in and out of the side, et cetera, et cetera. Because of all these changes, I think it's just kind of unsettled at the business end of the pitch. And at the back, like, um, like yeah, we just we just look a little bit, jaded a little bit tired it was this it was a sort of deceptive game because we to my surprise had the majority of the possession and in many ways we seemed to control a lot of the game and if we hadn't have been two nil down so early i would have said we were in it for a long time but it was as soon as we got to the final third i thought man you defended very well we yeah, just, Casemiro yeah. looked next level as well. I mean, I don't think yeah. we'll come up against a defensive midfielder as good as that this season. Anyone approaching their box had three defenders on them. It, they just looked like they had more players. They were mm. so honest. Yeah, but that I think I think that's a mark of like how you beat this team is how you beat Newcastle. Is you, you do kind of let them have the ball a bit more than they're comfortable with 
because we don't yet have the the strength and depth and, and the quality to, to break through what they call a low block. Right. Well, it was disappointing <laughs> because... <laughs> Well, as I as as I said on the last podcast, I was not nervous about it because I had put myself in a position where I knew we would lose. But as soon as I knew I was going to the game, I was incredibly nervous because we, <laughs> we might win this and I might be there. It's just like I could just see that moment of happiness in my future, the possibility of it. Yeah, I think the disappointment in my life these days it was denied <laughs> to me. I think the disappointing thing is Manu weren't amazing and we had all the possession, but there's not none of our players you would say performed above their sort of normal level. Yeah. Which nobody raised the game for the final, no. no. Um and I don't I, I think Man United I, I do, team, it was it was a bad, it was quite a bad game. I don't think yeah, I've yeah. played well. I think if we had played at our best from pre-World Cup against the way Man United played on Sunday, I'm not saying we definitely would have won it because they did defend really well, but we would have been very competitive. Yeah, Man U just looked capable. Uh, he, I sort of thought, even if we get it back to 2-2, this Man U team just looked like they were playing in second gear and could raise their level if we did, but didn't have to. Yeah. It didn't feel like they were under the cosh and it was just our bad finishing. They were just, they were, they looked like a very efficient team that was competing on four fronts and was just mm. conserving energy and doing what they needed to do. I mean, we had a couple of, a couple of uh, chances, like the maximum that we mentioned where De Gea makes the save. Um, uh, I think on on another day, maybe against another keeper, maybe. And I think the Joe Linton looping header, that one, yeah, that was a really good save by De Gea. Um, so I, I agree. Neither neither a team were particularly good. It's just like like we say, it just comes back to they're further along the road than we are, and they're better than us. And we would have had to have been at our best to beat even them at their middling. Okay, well, um, let's have a quick break and uh, I think we'll uh, have a look at what uh, some of you national listeners have said on social media. We'll um, have uh, a bit more of a chat about where we are heading as a team now that we know we're going another season without a trophy, but there are still things to fight for. And we'll have a chat about our forthcoming game against Manchester City. Back in a minute. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. So let's talk a little bit more about the Carabao Cup final. I want to talk more about my big day at the stadium. I feel like I, I'm, I was the on-the-scene reporter. In the stadium, two, three hours before, a lot of time to kill with someone I hadn't spoken to since he was about eight. <laughs> <laughs> it went Pick well. up where you left yeah. off. Talk about Lego. Yeah. yeah, no, it went well. He was, he was, he's, he was chatty, and we we spoke to some other Newcastle fans. It was good. But yeah, it was all a bit nervy. Um, Club Wembley, it's not worth the extra money. Anyway, right. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I'd have more anecdotes. I, th- I think we might need a new correspondent. This <laughs> 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 guy, our man in Beirut. <laughs> quite low it's not nice. Don't come. What they have in there, but we didn't go in there, is they have like a proper pub, like with glass and everything. We didn't a go in the pub with glass. You know, so, like... hang on a second. You, you, the, the thing that you were trying to save this anecdote with was there was a pub that we didn't go into. Well, I'm, just trying to give you, I'm just trying to give you insight into what it's like for oh, those. Cool. Of do that then. Go. Do that instead of what you're doing. <laughs> no, but I, I'm telling you what was there. That there was a, there's a pub in Club Wembley. Just letting you know that. You, what was it like Why on didn't the inside? You go in there? Well, you could see outside because <laughs> we were sat outside it with our drinks. Once you're in a seat, you just sort of like stay, don't you? I don't know. I wouldn't know. I didn't go to Wembley, did I? <laughs> okay. <right. laughs> another, another little really interesting anecdote. The pints at Wembley Stadium don't really cost more than the pints outside Wembley Stadium in London. In other words, they yeah, cost London. seven pounds. Fuck. What? But in London, a pint costs about seven pounds these days. Dave, I saw quite got... a few Geordies around King's Cross who, were, <laughs> who had some views on London beer prices. Yeah. I, seven pounds. Yeah, I pay half that here. Really? Yeah. Okay, no. I mean, to be fair, the London pub me and Fergus watched one of the England games in during the World Cup. Was about two pounds fifty a pint or something. And they had one one pound fifty nine, but it was oh, where the spoons? Yeah, ah. yeah. And next day's toilet incidents were definitely interesting. <laughs> There's no such thing as a free lunch. Fantastic. Okay, back to the football. Um, <laughs> sorry, I thought I'd try and do a little bit of colour. That's but... good. I feel like I was there. The pub had glass. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The trouble is, I had a cherry bake. Well, carry on, Dave. Oi, oi. <laughs> I was just going to say, there's, there's not a lot of incidents in the game. 
genuinely, there, there wasn't any. There's no. There's no like contentious decisions. Like VAR makes that uh, Casemiro goal. There's no point discussing it because, like, VAR says it. So fucking, what 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 can you do? But it's not nothing really happened, which is partly why I think the the atmosphere was so bad in the stadium. Yeah, well, not so bad, you, but just not great. Yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing to get the crowd going. I think if you'd have been watching that as a neutral at home, and your partner had said, "Do you mind if we change the channel?" You'd have yeah. gone, "Yeah, yeah." I think yeah. like normally with a final, you sort of try and find a performance or an incident to hang it all on. I think the closest you could come at this is like the Stanley Matthews final. This is probably the the Casemiro's quite good, isn't he? Final. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like. Having I, said that, that was all I took out of that game, really. Having said that, in general, when I watch Newcastle, I very rarely notice the other team's players, which <laughs> meant that I didn't really notice how good Casemiro was. I kept on saying how good Bruno was. Yeah. He didn't have one of his best games for us or anything, but he's a class above most of what we have in that yeah. first 11. It's the yeah. posture. Do you know what I mean? It's the vision, the time of the ball. And I just love those central midfielders with that sort of chest out posture. <laughs> he, mm. Yeah. He just looks he looks infused with energy. He's packed with energy. Do you know what I mean? It's he's a tightly coiled spring, Dave. Carry on, Dave. Well, I was just gonna say that he he and Botman. I thought Botman had a decent game. I don't think it was his best, like everybody else. I think he and Botman had, had good games. And I think that's where we're going to be. Like, that's the level of going to be attracting. And if we can replace players like, you know, like Almiron, like Sean Longstaff, Shah, um, Dan Byrne, you know, if we can replace those with Bruno and Botman stand players, next time we go to a, a, a cup final, which I don't think will be very long. We will be able to compete with the likes of Man U, with the likes of Liverpool and Arsenal and Man City and all the rest of them. I, I, I truly believe we're not far off it. Yeah, I think Isaac looked good as well, which does make you think yeah. all the players in the We've Got Bruno in the Middle song did well. Maybe we need to extend <laughs> the song <laughs> to just cover every position. I've got some... Uh... Some stuff from uh, Twitter followers, followers here. I'll just read it out. We've got Tony Armstrong who says, we were poor, even our big players failed to step up. I no longer think that the current players who have been with, with us for a while and are getting game time are good enough. I love these guys, but sadly they need to be, become the bench with better players being brought in. We'll talk more about that. Uh, Lloyd Kent says, now there's no silverware for this season. What's the minimum we should be achieving in your opinions? We will need a much deeper squad to cope with European games if we get it. Mike Beatty, lack of strength in depth caught up with us. Now it's up to the team to focus again on the league and get the 30 points, which would see us in fourth. Okay, he's calculated that somehow. And Andy Sheldon, basically it's all pretty much the same. Andy Sheldon says our lack of depth and ability to create and score is glaringly obvious and will hopefully be remedied in the close season. Where do we think we'll finish this season with the squad we have? That's a good question. We were third not so long ago. There was even talk of us being in the title race. I think we can safely say that's no longer the case. Uh, 
where we are now, how do you see the rest of the season going? What do you think? Where do you, where do you think we'll finish, Dave? I think we'll finish fifth or sixth. Um, I can't see us getting Champions League now. I think the the sides that were below us, the, like the bigger sides that were below us, have have kicked on a gear. Um, I think Spurs are a weird side, and, and will could fuck up quite easily. But Man U are just they're they're becoming a machine. They're becoming very reminiscent of the the nineties under Ferguson. Just never know when they're beaten. Just look an absolute unit. Um, so yeah, I think fifth or sixth, and I think that's that's amazing given where our expectations at the beginning of the season to be disappointed to be only in the top six is it's just incredible. I think. I mean, are we looking back on our expect? I I think we were sort of predicting about sixth. I think lower than I think I said seventh, and I was the most optimistic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I was saying like ninth, but yeah. Uh, what do you think, Paul? It's hard to. I think. I think there's a bit of recency bias that's making us think we're suddenly shit. Whereas actually, we've gone. Yeah, I don't think a, we're shit. Just so we've gone quite a few games without Bruno. All our games, even when we were winning a lot, apart from that spell in sort of October, November, where we suddenly started scoring loads. A lot of our wins have been on very tight margins that could have gone either way. And it's just been sort of Miggy having an amazing game and Trippier's set-piece delivery being better than it currently is. It's, it's fine margins, but I still think the reason other managers were saying we were in the race for the top four and couldn't be ruled out, I think at least Klopp said it, possibly even Conte, is we're not going to be playing as many games as the other teams around us. And we have freshened up our squad a little bit. I mean, I know it's only Anthony Gordon, but it feels like we can rotate a bit more than we have been. In a way, I think our dip in form means we'll actually rejig things. I think we held on a bit too long to a system that was a bit stale. So I don't think yeah. we'll necessarily not be top six. It's all Spurs and Liverpool could both go on really good runs. Spurs and Liverpool could both be as inconsistent as they have been all season. You just don't know. Since you mentioned it, Kieran Trippier's delivery has been awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, considering, like, we we all sort of know him for having such good delivery, you sort of forget that it's it's a, quite a few games now where it's been really bad, and mm. particularly so in the final, I think. There were a couple of short corners that didn't do anything, but his actual delivery, it was either not beating the first man or way too deep. It was just really disappointing. Yeah. It's really strange. Because I think in my head, it's like darts players. Do you know what I mean? It's like once you know how to do that, you should be able to do it on a pretty regular basis. No matter what. like James Ward-Prowse doesn't seem to have off patches, but then I don't watch James Ward-Prowse every week, so maybe he does. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's very strange when you've got a team as, you know, physically big as us that we don't put more balls in into the mixer. Um, because we've got huge, huge lumbering, you know, slabs of meat in the, in the box that just 
when when our like ground game isn't working, when we're not finding the pockets of space for Bruno and Almiron and all the rest of it, we've got a guy who should be able to deliver it into the into that area regularly. He doesn't have to put it on a fucking sixpence. He just has to get it into that area. So yeah, it's 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 a strange one. But as tall as as tall as Dan Burn, as tall as Dan Byrne and Sven Bockman are, in terms of attacking headers, they're no Jamal Lascelles. I'm not saying that should put him inside, but like they're not actually very good attacking. I feel headers. like Bockman early this season looked like he was and looked like a goal was coming any game, and that's. I wonder if, I mean, we've underperformed our XG massively with set pieces and chances coming from free kicks. So I, I think just as Miggy outperformed first half of the season and revert, regressed to the mean, whatever you call it, there's no saying the same won't happen the other way and we'll suddenly start writing those stats of goals from yeah. chances. But sure. I think Trippier's delivery needs to improve. But we're still... We're still creating one gilt edge headed chance pretty much every game, minimum. Like I think we'll finish I, I think we'll finish I think we'll finish sixth. Possibly seventh. I don't know. Hopefully hopefully fifth or sixth. It's weird looking at the table. I mean, we've got a game in hand on them. But Liverpool are only two points behind us, but in my head it's like they haven't won a game all season. They've been like <laughs> Like they've been awful. How are they? They're like... so bad against Palace, but then they beat Wolves last night, as we record on Wednesday. Yeah, but they I mean, just got... they look so they're not good to watch. So it feels very unLiverpool. Yeah, I mean they've they've got like uh, was it ten points from the last four games, which is you know. Fantastic form, whereas we've got uh, what seven points from the last six. So we're not in great form, and they are in great. They are in really, really good form. I just don't think. I still think that they give up too many opportunities at the back. I think their midfield's uh, pretty pedestrian, to be honest. Now, um, and Salah isn't having his usual twenty-something plus goals a season. So I think. I don't think that they'll they'll catch us, and I also think that Spurs are very Spursy, like even under Conte, and they're only four points ahead of us, and we've got two games in hand on them. So I think there's plenty of there is a chance of us getting in the top four, but it'll be so, close. So uh, just quickly, um, I would suggest that the story of the second half of our season is, is going to be. Uh, an absence of goals or attacking threat, or I fear that's what it's going to be. How do we remedy that that in the short term and and also in the summer? What do we need to do for both of those? I think we have to rotate the front three more than we have. So I think Isaac has to come in for Wilson. I think Maxi's maybe done enough to keep his place there, but with Willock back, you can always put Joel Linton up there. And then I think Gordon on the right. Isak hasn't set the world alight yet. He hasn't had much of a chance to do so, but surely he's got to be given a bit of a run in the side, right? 
right, Dave? Yeah, yeah definitely. And the run in the side with our chief, you know, orchestrator in in Bruno. There's, you know, there's there's an argument to be made that Isaac Isaac was bought to play along, not alongside, in front of a midfield, including Bruno, and he hasn't really had that opportunity, you know, either through his own injury or Bruno's suspension. So getting those two, um, making the same kind of passing interchanges that we were seeing earlier on with Almiron and Trippier and Bruno, I think that's an avenue to, to goals. I think my argument would be keep Almiron and introduce Gordon, and then you've got that relentless pressing high energy decent technical pace to burn but instead of us playing such a high line just drop it back a bit to give more space for those pacey players to run into i saw someone making the case on twitter and they did so with clips that made the case well that saint maximum can actually be a lot better on the right what they were saying was, on the left, he has a tendency to go down blind alleys, just working it onto his right foot. His thing is that he just ends up sort of dribbling past players around the edge of the box, looking for an opportunity to shoot or some kind of through ball, and before long, he's got a blocked shot or he gets tackled. Whereas, I mean, this was just... a few clips. I don't remember a long, long periods of him playing on the right. But on the right, he just gets it to the byline and crosses it. Yeah. I'm not talking about for, I'm talking about in the box along yeah. the side. So I'm not talking about like the traditional w- winger. But the, like the pullbacks and the yeah, yeah the pullbacks and all yeah, of that. Yeah. And it's not a criticism of him. I just I wonder whether that was quite a good point and it might be worth trying, like trying to get the best out of him from there. Sort particularly, of... particularly considering Almiron's form suggests maybe it's time for him to have a little bit of time out the side, a little bit of rotation. Yeah. I, I would also just, just to build on that and say that Almiron, uh, St. Maximum, Gordon, Isaac, they can all play on either flank. Yeah. So even during the game, say you yeah. said it was some maximum on the side, just swap them over because at the very least it sows the seed of doubt in the defender. Like I know I'm supposed to be up against some maximum. Like you say, I know that if I send him down that blind alley, he'll happily fucking run down it. Or Almiron, I know to send him like to to push him wide because he can't cross for Toffee. You swap them over, it they they've got a different a different question to answer there, haven't they? Yeah, worth trying. I'll I'll um I'll mention it to Eddie. I think as well, St. Maximum feels a little bit neutered by having Burn behind him as a left back. There's no overlapping runs that you would maybe get with Matt Target or a more traditional left back. So it means what he gets to those blind alleys. There's no out ball. There's no fullback taking one of the three players around him away. So he's having. Yeah. He's having to beat three players half the time and manages it more often than not, but it's still... I saw us being linked with uh, Kieran Tierney mm. uh, this week. Mm. And with that in mind, uh, 
what are your top three positions that you would like filled this summer and you can throw in someone you'd like in there if you would like there's a lot of talk that we are gonna up the project this summer and spend quite big what three positions would you like filled paul we need a number six badly i feel like left back it's hard on matt targets we've not seen enough of him but i don't think he's the project's long-term left back i feel like kieran tierney or similar is not a bad shout Shares not getting any younger. It's, I feel like centre back could maybe wait a season. I, I asked think... for three, Paul. I know. I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm deciding whether we need a number nine or a centre back. I, I don't think we can rely on Wilson for a season, and he's in a, a bad run of form at the minute. I think, given Isaac's flexibility, I think striker with Isaac able to play across the front three. But I think we'll find out in the second half of this season. Dave? Uh, striker, uh, number six. I think that's, I think number six is the absolute priority. Yeah. Striker, and I, w <clears throat> I would honestly say left back. And again, yeah, it might be harsh on target, but I think if we can find a trippier level, trippier when he was, you know, when he's peak form that that like marauding fullback on the left i think that gives a much more balance in the side but it's the number six i mean jesus if we can get the number six i think we're we're, we're, we're golden i would i would go with you dave and i mean hopefully we'll sign more than three players this summer but yeah those mm. are the three positions that could really i mean the talks are very briefly the talks are that the the sponsorship i mean the shirt sponsors up for um bid um the commercial deals, depending on where we end up in the league, could be uh, like massive compared to what we're on now. Um, so there could be a quite a bit of money. And also, if this if this is the platform that we're building from, it might mean that they're more willing to take a risk on uh, greater expenditure because they know that the the money's going to be coming in. FFP will be covered by. By, by the commercial deals and by the um, prize money from Europe. Well, certainly if we surprised us all and actually got into the Champions League, then that would improve that situation a lot. And I wonder maybe whether they might sort of have a look at Chelsea and go, should we do these 10-year deals? You're <laughs> not, not allowed to anymore. Hopefully not. The, the rules come in that you, you can't, you can't um, amortise over, I think it's eight years, you're not allowed to do that anymore. It's got to be lower than that. It might be seven, but I don't know. It's just anyway. I hope we don't yeah. do it. We'll see. But anyway. Um okay. So our next game is we've got a nice sort of like way of easing back into the yeah. Premier League by facing uh Manchester City this Saturday. Early kickoff away. We're at the Etihad. <laughs> Uh, Dave, how do you see that going? Badly. <laughs> I just, I, I think that, I, I don't think we're going to suddenly like uh, cast off the the poor form. I think we are still struggling to score, and we are now more easily to to score against. I, I think it's like a, a fairly routine two nil loss, to be honest. 
Paul? Yeah, kind of agree. Tricky first half of the season, it felt like us against the big teams. We're almost like sort of disruptors, as you'd be in the mm. tech world. It didn't matter what they did, we would just go all at them. But then Liverpool and Man U, I think we just showed that tiredness is still there. And I don't, it feels almost too soon after the final for that to go. I feel like, I feel like the turnaround comes after this game. I think 2 0 defeat as well. Yeah, it's a shame. It- it feels like the most likely outcome is that it sort of compounds our lack of momentum and confidence, you would say at the moment. But Man City is still a bit unpredictable this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they drew 1-1 with Forrest not too long ago. So, you know, they're, 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 not, they're not... Yeah. Having said that, I yeah. genuinely, if I had to bet a score, I'd go four <laughs> 0 <laughs> But but three of those goals coming like in the last ten minutes or something. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting seeing the team selection. Mm. Yeah, because frankly, I don't think Wilson did anything in the. Like the for me, the League Cup final was his chance to mm. to make a case for for him staying in, in the in the starting eleven ahead of Isaac. Can't see that he made that that case strongly, and I think Isaac, Isaac, Bruno, Botman, Pope, that spine of the team, I think is is what we'll build it around rather than Wilson. Yeah, I think, I think... it's the first moment that Eddie Howe's been sort of. I, I mean. Obviously, the fan base is massively behind him. But I think it's the first time that he's sort of being challenged a little bit. Like, okay, what are you going to do about this? Because it's not working at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a little bit early on last season where the results just weren't coming. And there was that feeling of like, we he's a good manager, but we've appointed the wrong manager for the job. Sure. Yeah. But since he... Since he proved himself and very quickly became, uh, it's been it, it's gone very well since mm. last spring. Um, yeah, this is the first sort of like I mean, I, I mean we're fifth in the table and we've just been in a final, so <laughs> yeah, aren't, yeah. Uh, things aren't going badly. But it, we are like everything we've been discussing. He's got to come up with answers to to what the yeah. issues are. I think as well, we're sort of talking about it like the season might fizzle out, but there's every chance the last game of the season is going to feel like another final if it's dependent on top four. I mean, if that would be great. If we can be in that race, if we can get it, that would be great. But who knows? Well, you know, yeah. just just... For the enjoyment of it, I would just any European football, just the extra game yeah. in the week. It might be difficult for the squad to deal with, but it would be fun to have. Although but then I get myself a fucking BT subscription as well. <laughs> so that's part of the reason why we've been signing players like that: Garan Kual, Harrison Ashby. We bought a couple other players for the the youth team that I don't remember, but they're at a level where they are probably too good for the under 18s and under 21s but not quite good enough for the premier league that's 
that's the kind of depth that you need to to have a go at European football. It's like we had under um, uh, under Robson and stuff. You know, Lamana Luar Luar was starting games, and and you know that that like caliber of of young player. That's that's what we need, and I think that's where we'll we'll do. A, I, I think we will buy more of that than we will do for the first team. Well, if we can buy Lamana Luar Luar, then I'll be happy. Who wouldn't? Him and Shola in together again. Oh God! He yeah, was like the, the he was like the championship Asprilia, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> A player yeah. who could confuse defenders because neither they nor he knew what he was going to do. Honestly, I always remember Shira saying, "Well, yeah, you know, you don't know what he's going to do next." But, you know, if I don't know who he's going to do next, you'd much prefer exactly where he's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, like, I love the European games. They were some of my favourite like uh, favorite fixtures. The, the town was always filled with like NAC Breda fans or, or like Lokeren fans or something like that. And it was just... Just fun to to meet fans of clubs that you never usually play against, and you know, have a beer with them. It's that's you know, matches under the lights, lovely stuff. Ooh. Well, I hadn't anticipated Luwalawa coming up on this podcast, and glad he did. <laughs> and uh, yes, you've got me excited about the thought of European football at any level. So let's hope we can make that happen. Uh, there'll be much more to talk about next week but in the meantime thank you very much Dave Watson thanks Fergus thank you Paul Doolan thank you Fergus and thank you to you the Newcastle NASA listener goodbye if you want to advertise on or sponsor this show check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.